Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in the Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Tonight's episode is going to take a look at some things that you can do if you're working from home, because a lot of folks right now are currently entering remote work mode, and this is probably going to be the new norm for at least a few weeks, if not a couple months for some folks. And as somebody who works remote for almost his entire job at this point, this is not exactly a new adjustment for me. But for a lot of folks, they may not be used to working from home, especially if you've got families and kids, or pets, or any other distractions, just regular life stuff. A lot of folks don't even have, you know, a desk space for them to set up, uh, say, an office suite of some sort, at least a temporary one, even with a laptop or multi-monitor support. In these times, it can get very challenging and stressful to figure out what the best way to navigate working from home is. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk about a couple of tips for you. Obviously, this is a little bit different than our usual hockey podcast, but in light of the fact that the season is not going to be back for probably a good few months, if at all, I thought it'd be helpful to talk about how you do remote work, because for a lot of folks, this is kind of an alien experience, and it's something that not all that many companies until recently had been considering. Until they were forced to do work from home, you know, they weren't really uh, offering it as an option, except for sporadic moments here and there, and even then, most companies are still using in-office experiences for the most part. Working from home takes sort of a different mindset and a different approach, and I think the first thing to do is to essentially pace yourself. A lot of companies are now going to be shifting to flexible schedules because, let's be honest, most folks are going to be at home with their kids, in environments where there are other people, or just not really accustomed to working from home because there's additional setup and and cleanup required for doing all of this stuff. So set normal time schedules for yourself that you can really commit to on a routine. You know, if you have to push an hour back or something because you've got to take care of your kids first or whatever, you know, talk to your manager about this sort of thing. I think most employers at this point totally understand that for a lot of us, we're putting our lives on halt. Obviously, I'm not really in that same position, but for many of you who might be listening, this is sort of an unusual situation because you might also be teaching your kids. And if you want some teaching advice for, you know, learning at home activities and things that you can do, especially if the school has provided school materials that only address certain core curriculum parts, I'd encourage you to go over to Arctic Ice Hockey, which is the, uh, the SB Nation blog that I write for. Kara Thorrington, who is the editor-in-chief, actually put out a pretty good article with some easy tips that you can use to maximize the educational value of whatever activities and time slots that you have to work with your kids, because they're already going to be doing homework and stuff. But of course, homework and, and assignments are only one part of the whole learning process. You also have to have like socialized learning and really constructive and interactive parts that help teach softer skills, because these are often gaps in curriculums where students aren't really using their critical thinking or or lateral thinking skills in their activities and assignments. A lot of times they're doing STEM assignments and things that are a little more rigid. There's only so much lateral thinking you can do on a grammar analysis assignment or, or sentence creation or something like that. So these activities kind of encourage your students to do a little bit of play, some constructive forms of entertainment, different things like that. And these are all good tips. I actually think some of them are kind of relevant to us as employees as well, because in a lot of ways we do need some form of distraction. I think building some small breaks into your own work schedule would be helpful, maybe like a 15-minute break here or there. 
now that we're all kind of locked in the house and our ability to go to things like the gym or go shopping, all of these usual activities and stuff are now sort of cut off at least for the next month or so. Put in some sort of distraction or hobby for yourself in between because I think that that's going to be very helpful for keeping you at least a little bit you know, focused and, and a little bit of stress relief. I think for a lot of folks, they're going to feel cabin fever pretty soon here. You know, the, the longer you work at home, the more social isolation that you have to deal with, especially when you're not used to it. Some of this can really negatively impact people and bring down their general mental health. I'd also recommend setting up a, a cove for yourself because I think that having a quiet space to do your work is probably the most important part. When you're on conference calls and things, you obviously don't want people peering over your camera, you know, mostly your kids or your family members saying, oh, who's on the screen, honey? You know, that you don't want that kind of stuff. Obviously, that's not an easy situation for a lot of people to deal with because your kids and your family members are going to be naturally curious, and especially the younger ones may not really be paying attention to what you're doing and kind of intrude on your privacy and really your coworkers' privacy too. Some interruptions are going to be natural because that's just part of working from home. You're going to have to get used to it. Dogs are going to bark. Your kids might make some noises in the background. Don't worry, you're definitely not alone. This is pretty normal. I've definitely had my dogs bark. Or We also still have a landline in our house, which is kind of an antiquated form of calling people. But, you know, I'm in the middle of a phone conference and all of a sudden our landline goes off and it's very loud and obnoxious. It's not ideal, but I think that that's just going to have to be, you know, what people get comfortable with, because ultimately not ideal is going to be our situation for the next few months. But if you set up yourself like a, a quiet working space where you can isolate and get things done, you might feel a little bit more at peace, especially when you have to sort of compartmentalize your work and home life as much as possible. It's going to be very hard for all of us to do that right now because we're all staying together in times where we're not really used to working concurrently at home and with our families all at the same time. When you are off work, I'd look for some social online activities to engage in. I think that right now gaming would probably be an easy release. You can also catch up on some TV series or movies that you haven't seen. I'd also recommend some music tracks. And uh, in the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about some CDs and albums that I find are both really good for, uh, you know, during work hours or off work hours. I've been telling some of my coworkers about different album playlists that they can check out because ultimately I think music is very therapeutic and I think that in a time like this where we're obviously under a lot of stress and feeling a good degree of social isolation, it can be nice to listen to a bunch of songs or watch some media or take part in some gaming sessions with friends, things that you know other people are engaging in. Our company also has like a good book club. Every month they vote on a book and then Sometimes the company will reimburse the book purchase depending on what kind of book it is, usually nonfiction. Those sorts of, you know, socially distanced but still social activities that you can do with your coworkers or with your friends and family, I would highly encourage because the less isolated you feel, the less bad this process is going to be. For some albums to listen to while you're doing work, I could suggest a couple of ones that I find very fun. I think uh, if you're looking for like some 90s new metal stylings from, say, Australia of all places, uh, one of my favorite bands in recent times has been Ocean Grove, and they just put out an album called Flip Phone Fantasy. I really like Flip Phone Fantasy. I think it's a great ode to 90s rock and early 2000s new metal. To be honest, the genre of new metal in general is very funny to me because a lot of it is pretty bad. I would say that most of it is, in some respects, very low quality, and I feel like the stuff that didn't take itself 
you know, seriously out of that genre actually ended up being the best new metal. The stuff that's more self-aware and aware of the genre tropes, but still still playing to them and actually improving upon those tropes while melding in um, other genre stylings and different things. I think that those albums in the new metal genre tend to be the best. And Flip Phone Fantasy is both a pay-in to that genre and sort of a reinvention of it. Ocean Grove are kind of a quirky band. I mean, they're certainly within the realm of, say, progressive metal, but if you listen to this, you wouldn't know it. If you listen to some of their earlier albums, you'll get those progressive metal stylings a lot more heavily. But right now, Flip Phone Fantasy is is really heavily into, like, the 90s, uh, early 2000s rock and new metal. So I give it a recommend. It's going to be perfect album to, to blast on your speakers when the temperature starts to warm up. I also recently came back from Boston and had an intense desire to revisit Four Years Strong, which is actually very convenient timing because Four Years Strong just released a new album called Brain Pain. And if you haven't listened to Brain Pain or Four Years Strong in general, they are what most people refer to as Easy Corp. So they use they do use some screamy vocals, but there's a lot more melodic sounds to it. I would say that they take some of like the hardcore and metalcore scene and soften them up for I wouldn't say easy listening, but it is a little more approachable and radio-friendly. Brain Pain is just four years strong doing what they've done for many years now, which is just produce banger after banger and have a a really good, well-rounded album. Is it going to set the world alight? Probably not. But if you're a four-year strong fan who enjoys what they do and really vibes with their sound, Brain Pain is exactly what you've asked for. If not, a little bit more refined, a little bit better, and four years strong at their best. In the genre of progressive metal, which we've briefly touched on, I think Ghost Mile from Voyager is pretty fun. Voyager is kind of an interesting experimental band. They tend to do a lot of what sounds like, I would say, 80s electronic-infused progressive metal. So there's a lot of like late 80s rock in there, and you can kind of hear the synths and things in the background. Some of their more recent work is especially on this, on this trend of 80s almost pop, but not quite. The vocalist is also very interesting because he has a unique sound quality that's not really like the raspy, gritty, guttural stuff that you'd expect from, you know, darker metal styles and things from overseas. It's hard to describe, so I just recommend giving Voyager a shot. I really like them. I think they're a great band, and there are a few folks who definitely are on that same wavelength, especially in the prog scene. It's not for everyone, and I don't know if you'll like it, but I would say give it a shot, a few minutes, see if you enjoy it. If nothing else, it's very easy to approach, and it's not inaccessible to newcomers. Still in the genre of prog metal, but also kind of veering into atmospheric metal, we've got the Dark Pool from the band Thornhill. Now, if you've never heard of Thornhill, they're from Australia. There's actually a kind of a running theme here. A lot of Australian metalcore and stuff has been seeing a big uptick over the past couple of years. Australian pop punk, also a big deal. Listen to Stand Atlantic, they're great, but... Thornhill is from a very different side of that. Thornhill is kind of interesting because as metal continues to incorporate more melodic vocals and really change the structure of of what people assume to be the genre conventions, Thornhill are are definitely in the vein of someone like Northlane, but I think that they lean heavier into almost what sounds like environmental atmospheric density. I don't know if that's really the appropriate way to describe it, but that's generally the feel that I get listening to them. They trade for, you know, heavy riffs instead of, of, instead of those riffs, they lead more towards large spaces and very sweeping uh, guitar sections and bass lines. So 
you can often just kind of be carried away by their instrumentation before they hit some really guttural, gut-punching, grungy vocals. It's always funny when they transition to the rough vocals because it's a very stark contrast to the lead vocalist's soft, melodic tones as he kind of glides along through some of the earlier portions of his of his songs. For a quieter alt-rock approach, I would say Good Tiger's We Will All Be Gone is very good. I like Good Tiger. They've only been around for a couple of years, I, I think. Not 100% sure. But they have very good lyricism. I think that their presentation is clean. They're just a nice indie rock band. And We Will All Be Gone tends to have some heavier themes, but delivered in a format that's accessible for pretty much anyone. If you're willing to dip into, say, instrumental progressive metal, then I would have to say that Polyphia is personally one of my favorite bands in this genre. Polyphia will be familiar to anyone who listens to any sort of prog metal, especially math rock-leaning prog metal. And their recent album, New Levels, New Devils, is one of the best things that they've ever put out. It incorporates some hip-hop rhythms with math rock, which is a very interesting combo, but for the most part it really works well. Some of their other albums, like Muse and Renaissance, are a little more traditional, and prog metal is definitely not for everyone. I think that instrumental prog metal is especially niche. Anyone who likes the genre of gent knows what I'm talking about. A little bit uh, a little bit too niche and, and perhaps inaccessible for some people. It's kind of like the jazz of progressive metal. You either like it or you don't, and there doesn't seem to be much of an in-between. My final recommendation is going to be a kind of a fun one from my childhood, and this is All Time Low. And this is this album is not specifically from when I was a kid, but it was when I was certainly younger. Uh, I think around the start of college, probably. And this one is Don't Panic, It's Longer Now. This is the extended version of Don't Panic. And the reason that I really like this album is because All Time Low, for me, has always been kind of the sunny side of pop punk. I'm not usually a fan of it. But this one song for Baltimore always sticks out because it was sort of a love song to the city that made All Time Low famous. ATL's been around for forever now, and their recent singles have started to trend towards a sign of of maturation and growing up. But their old stuff is definitely still firmly in the, you know, what people would classify as, I guess, teeny-bopping kind of young young folk music. Their whoa kind of, you know, classic pop-punk stylings were obviously a little overkill back in the day. Still holds up relatively well, even if they're not exactly the band that I would point to as the first introduction to grown-up pop-punk. Those are some nice albums to get started with if you want to do some diving into genres that perhaps you don't usually associate with. I'm also going to talk about some video games and movies and things that maybe you want to take a look at while you're on break, but before we get to that, I thought I'd share with you a wonderful opportunity if you're a local company in Winnipeg. If you've been a listener of this podcast for some time, I'm sure you've heard about all of the great advertisers currently working with Locked On to reach sports fans around the world. What you may not know, though, is that Locked On Winnipeg Jets is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Jets fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach Jets fans on a routine basis. These aren't just any podcast listeners, they're Locked On listeners, and they're dedicated. If your company wants to connect with Jets fans who are predominantly male, well-educated, and with disposable income, then feel free to drop us a line at the Locked On Podcast Network. Local fans love supporting local businesses, and we love supporting you. Be sure to text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising for additional information and to reach out to us. Our advertising team will work with you step-by-step step to achieve the greatest level of Locked On advertising success. Once again, be sure to text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We hope to hear from you soon. 
closing us out tonight, I thought I'd take us a trip down the video game, movie, and TV alley because there are a couple of uh, options for you now that you're stuck inside and you need something to really occupy your time. And I think the most obvious one that just launched for, say, the video game genre has been Call of Duty Modern Warfare Warzone. Warzone is a free-to-play battle royale with up to 150 players at one time, which is absolute chaos on a huge game environment. The default mode is trios, so for the most part you'll be pairing up with random teams of three people, and that can be okay for the most part, but if you want players who are going to help you and and really stick by your side, you're going to want to pair up and buddy up with some folks who you can actually play the game with on a more consistent basis. Warzone is definitely fun, but it has quite a few flaws, and I think a lot of that has to do with the social interactions and sometimes the occasional clunkiness of the menus. They just launched solos, but I feel like that's just going to be a lot of camping, and if you don't enjoy people camping around and hiding all the time, then I would probably steer clear of Warzone because it's basically just that, except really big and really tense and scary. If you're still living under a video game rock, then you probably haven't heard about Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal coming out today. Now, Doom and Animal Crossing, for some reason, have been apparently mythically paired together now on the internet meme scene. These games are both great in their own right, and though they offer two very different experiences, I think that there's going to be something for everyone. Animal Crossing is a nice little life management sim, albeit, you know, one with cartoony animals and things instead of actual people. If you don't like paying bills and loans, then probably don't play Animal Crossing because you'll be doing that pretty early on. Doom is a much more straightforward smash em up tear through hell, and chainsaw everything in half that doesn't, you know, look or, or resemble humans. You're going to be killing a lot of monsters and demons, so get used to it. That's Doom. There's really not a whole lot else to say, except you kill a lot of demons. My own copy of Animal Crossing is currently going to be stuck in transit at least until Tuesday because there's been, a, of course, a, a shortage in the supply chain. It's unfortunate, but obviously there are a lot of people who are dealing with things much more significantly serious as a result of COVID-19. So if you place an order with a retailer and it's not going to arrive for a few days, you know, you can cancel it if you want to do the download version. But if you're just going to cancel because you're impatient, my recommendation is give it some time. And if you can, also support your local businesses. Local businesses are the ones being hurt the most by the, the pandemic. And unfortunately, this includes a lot of local bars and restaurants. So if you can, be sure to order from them. Tip them as always. Be kind and generous to each other and all that good stuff. On the topic of movies and TV, I would have to say that for TV, The Expanse remains one of my favorite hard sci-fi shows. It's actually just a great show in general, and at first it started off as like Game of Thrones in space, and very quickly evolved into something that's a lot more interesting, and in my opinion is trending you know, only better and better and better as the seasons wear on. Now that it's moved to Amazon, it remains one of the highest budget and one of the most visually arresting sci-fi series you'll find. It's also just really well written in the characterizations and stuff, and the, the general universal lore that accompanies this whole series is just fantastic. There's also the books that inspired it, if you feel like reading it. I believe they're from James Corey. They're on my backlog to read. I have a lot of things to, to backlog read, because that's I only ever build backlogs. That's what I do these days. But if you're interested, I'd recommend giving The Expanse a shot, and then you can also read the books if you feel like it. Kind of see where the books diverge off the show. For movies, I hear a lot about Spencer Confidential from Netflix. It's not one that I've seen, but I'm sure a lot of folks like it. It's Mark Wahlberg being at Mark Wahlberg in a movie about corrupt Boston cops. It's a, it's a dark comedy, which that seems to be his M.O. If it involves dirty cops in Boston and it's a dark comedy, it seems to be a Mark Wahlberg movie all the way. I'm kind of convinced that he's told himself he can only play one role. But hey, more power to him. He makes a ton of money and he probably enjoys it. 
It also helps that apparently the writing and the directing in the film is actually pretty decent, so that's something to check out. My final recommendation is a TV show. It's actually a cartoon that you can watch on DC Universe, and it's definitely not for kids, so do not show it to your children. It is Harley Quinn, and in my opinion, it's probably the best animated Batman series that we've had in ages, and it barely has any Batman in it aside from some cameos and stuff. Harley Quinn is absolutely delightful, and I believe Season 2 just launched. It's really funny, really violent, really silly, and DC Universe really nailed this one by making it very lighthearted and very satirical and, you know, not not too self-serious. The characters and cast all constantly poke fun at themselves, and I think that that's probably the most important part because DC is often characterized as being too serious. Harley Quinn runs the other way, and I think that for that, it's all the better. It's a great show, I love it, and I'm so excited to catch up on Season 2. I hope these working-from-home tips and some of the media and entertainment things that I've shared occupy your time for you. I know that we're all dealing with some really stressful moments at this point, but I know that we're all going to get through this stronger, and hopefully, you know, we, we save as many lives as we can and keep ourselves healthy. Thanks again for listening, guys. Be sure to tune in to the Locked On NHL National Show as soon as this one concludes. Enjoy your evening. See you tomorrow.